Hi, I'm Rumbi, and I'm just a normal Christian girl doing what she loves to do, and that's speaking about Jesus. Welcome to my podcast. A space where we motivate, encourage, and help each other walk boldly in our journeys with God. Each week, we discuss lessons from the Bible, relevant topics, and much more. So grab your Bible, bring your coffee and pens, and let's dive straight into today's episode. I'm your host, Rumbi Tsachimisa, and welcome to Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. How is everybody doing? Happy 2021. I hope the first few days of 2021 have been going great so far. I pray that the Lord blesses you, each and every one of you this year, that you see fruitfulness in your life, that you see the Lord's hand and the Lord's goodness in whatever projects or goals you have set out for yourself. Guys, I'm so pumped, so excited to see what the Lord's going to do this year. I'm ready, guys. Just a quick note here, something that my dad said to me, my siblings, the other day, that I wanted to share with you because it really got me thinking. Imagine seeing God, what I would do, what I would give up just to see God. Because if you think about it, we all know the excitement that we get whenever a new movie is coming out. Just the feeling of being able to watch that movie, you literally can't wait. Or let's say, for example, someone found alien species on Earth. Wouldn't you be so interested or intrigued to see how they look? Because God is nothing compared to the next movie coming out or seeing an alien species. And sometimes when we think of God, we don't really give him a lot of thoughts. We just say, oh hey, there's a God. But not just a God, the God, the only true God. And guys, God is big, but not just big as in dinosaur or giant big. God is big. We can't even comprehend his size. God is powerful, he is mighty, he is strong, he is holy. Our God is holy. Our God is to be feared, taken seriously, respected. And sometimes we treat God like he's one of our friends or like the dirt on the floor. And just the thought of being able to spend eternity with such a God, just even being able to see him makes all the suffering and hardship worthwhile. And no one, no one is getting in my way of seeing God, except myself, of course. So that's just a little thought um, that my parents shared with me that I wanted to share with you guys. But without further ado, let's get straight into today's episode. Today's episode, I'm super excited. We are going to be reading Genesis 3 verses 1 through 7. And we will be looking at lessons we can learn from Eve's temptation in the Garden of Eden. So as always, let's open up in prayer and then get straight into the Bible. Father God, I pray that you will guide our minds and hearts as we read your word and that the Holy Spirit guides us through the truth. I pray for each and every person listening to this, that you bless them and their families, that you show your glory in their lives, Lord, that you show yourself and your goodness to them. This I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. 
So, once again, we are reading Genesis 3, verses 1 to 7, and I'll be reading in the CSB version. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden. But about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You may not eat it or touch it, or you will die. No, you certainly won't die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig trees together and made coverings for themselves. Wow, guys. Eve messed up. She had one job to just not eat the fruit from one tree, and she messed up. She was the first woman, the first human on earth to fall into temptation. But boy, she definitely was not the last. We, just like her, make mistakes. We mess up and we fall into temptation. But let's look at lessons we can learn from her story of being tempted. And hopefully we can learn from her mistakes. The first mistake she made, the first lesson we can learn, is to not Doubt what God already told you. If we read Genesis 2 verses 16 to 17, this is where God commanded Adam not to eat the fruit. And it says, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. So, God told them this. They were sure what God told them. They knew what God told them the first time. But then Satan came along and said, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say you mustn't lie? Did God really say he loved you and that your sins are forgiven? In which God did say he loved you. And when you confess your sins, you are forgiven. Did God really say sex before marriage is a sin? Did God really say you mustn't disobey your parents even if it's so small and harmless? Is this really what God wants you to do? Yes, Satan, God did say all those things. You see, guys, Satan wants us to doubt what God already said. And sometimes it isn't even Satan, it's ourselves. We overthink things so much and we begin to doubt God's word. Especially when we're going through hard trials, we begin to doubt him and his promises. There have been so many times where I've had this idea and I started that idea, but I doubted. So many times where I knew God wanted me to do something and I started it, but I doubted. But guys, don't doubt what you were sure God already told you. Our second lesson we can learn is that there is a real devil in this world and he is a liar. Guys, there is a real enemy in this world and if you're anything like me, I get scared over so many things. 
I do not like conversations about the devil or demons. They always give me the chills, especially at nighttime when it's dark because my mind wanders to odd places and I get scared and all of a sudden my chair turns into a monster. But the truth is, there is a real devil and his name is Satan. He is a liar and a murderer. John 8 verse 44 says, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. The devil is a liar. He lied to Eve in the Garden of Eden. What's to stop him from lying to you? He disguised himself as a serpent, which is a snake in the Garden of Eden, to deceive Eve. Where is he disguising himself in your life to deceive you? Guys, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is after all God's children, you and me. He knows he's going to spend eternity in hell, so he wants to bring as many people down there as possible. He hides and whispers lies and nonsense in our ears. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to break and destroy your love, your trust, relationships, marriage, family. He wants you to think that you're ugly and worthless, that God doesn't love you. But... You know, not only will the devil lie to us, but people that belong to this world will lie to us too because they are under the power of the evil one. The Bible says in 1 John 5 verse 19, this is in the English Standard Version, and it says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And guys, that is why it is so important to know the truth. The Bible says in John 14 verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth, not a truth, the truth. The devil has deceived us into thinking that my truth is my truth and your truth is no truth. No, there's only one truth and that truth is Jesus. So guys, we need to stop believing the lies of the devil and the lies in this world and stop believing Jesus and his word. Guys, Satan is crafty and smart and we can't outsmart the devil, but luckily we have been given the power to overcome him. We can overcome the devil, not with our own strength because look how that ended up for Eve. We can overcome the devil by the power of Jesus and the power of scripture. If you read in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, Jesus was tempted in the, tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And so, instead of surrendering to the devil, like Eve surrendered to her craving, Jesus overcame Satan with the word of God. He used scripture. And so guys, it is so important that we read the Bible so we can actually use it to rebuke Satan. And hey guys, yes, Satan is real, demons are real, but we shouldn't be afraid of them. Because yes, they have power, but they are nothing compared to our God. God has defeated Satan already and he can do it over and over again. Victory belongs to God 
Victory belongs to Jesus. The next lesson we can learn is to not focus on all the things you can't do. Guys, Eve was living the life in the Garden of Eden. She didn't have a 9-to-5 job. She didn't have to go to school at 7am. She had a good relationship with Adam. She was provided with all the things she needed. She could walk around butt naked and feel no shame. She lived in the perfect world, essentially. Although she was so focused on what she couldn't do, she couldn't eat from one tree in the Garden of Eden, where there were so many trees with finger-licking fruit that were probably so good. But again, she was focused on the one tree she couldn't eat from. Sometimes we're so focused on all the things we can't do as Christians, we forget all the things we can do. We are so focused on the 10% we need to give to the Lord, we forget and miss the fact that the 90% we get to keep is a lot. Stop focusing on all the things you can't do. There's a reason you can't do them. We serve an intentional God. Oh man, there have been so many times where I've caught myself saying it's not fair. It's not fair all my friends can do this and I can't because I'm trying to be holy. It's not fair I have to give 10% of my income to God while all my friends spend it on shopping. It's not fair I cannot get drunk. It's not fair I have to keep all God's commands. But guys, this is one of Satan's strategies and tricks to get us to fall into temptation. Thinking, oh, it's not fair I can't do this while everyone can. But whenever we find ourselves in those it's not fair moments, we need to hold on to God's strength and say no to temptation and no to the things of this world and yes to God and what he has for us as his children. So stop focusing on all the things you can't do because when you focus on all those things, it just tempts you to do them. Yes, there are many stuff we as Christians can't do, but there's so many amazing, exciting, fun things we can do. So let's focus on that. The fourth thing we can learn is to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. If we read verse 6 again, it says, The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. Eve probably looked at the fruit from the tree God said she couldn't eat from, and she must have been thinking how good the fruits on that tree must taste. You see guys, the thing about sin is that sin feels good. In the moment, sin feels good. That's why it's so hard to stop. It's like fat on food. Fat tastes good, right? But too much fat is unhealthy. Sin feels good, but too much sin is unhealthy. Sin itself is unhealthy. And so in that moment, all Eve was probably thinking about was eating that fruit, Being like God, knowing good and evil, she wasn't thinking about the consequences of her sin and disobeying God. She listened to her flesh. She responded to what her flesh wanted. And that was to be like God, knowing good and evil. 
And so guys, that is why it is so important that we learn to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. So we do not end up fulfilling the desires and the lust of our flesh which will lead us to sin. Galatians 5 verses 16 to 24, brace yourself, this is a long one. Starting from verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, deception, factions, and envy, drugness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I did before, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There is a battle taking place on the inside. A battle between the flesh and a battle between the spirit. The spirit and the flesh are in constant conflict with each other. As God's children heirs to the kingdom, we are called to walk in the spirit. Walking meaning it's an activity, a continuous motion meaning action, meaning not just a day thing but for the rest of our lives. We are called to walk in the spirit. And when you do that, You do not satisfy the desires of the flesh. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't guide us in a way to satisfy our fallen desire and passion. But instead, the Holy Spirit teaches us how to live a life like Jesus did and leads us in a path like Jesus. And when you walk in the Spirit, you look a lot more like Him. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives inside you as a child of God. And you might not feel it, but it's there. Walking in the Spirit means that yes, you are aware of His presence, but that's not good enough. Now you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him guide your life 24-7 every day. And then these verses provide us with examples of works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies. And when we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit will help us overcome these things. These verses also give us examples of fruits that we will produce whenever we choose to walk in the Spirit. And it's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, let the Spirit of God direct your steps. And do not walk in the flesh, because those who walk in the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fourth lesson we can learn is to check our desires. 
Eve fell into this temptation, and although the object that tempted her was the fruit, her desire she craved to be like God. And so I ask you this question, what do you desire? What do you crave more than God? Now, I don't want you to think that a desire or craving is a bad thing. It's good to desire stuff, but again, what are you desiring? As God's children, we are called to desire what He desires, to love what He loves, to hate what He hates. And so I ask you this question again. What are the desires of your hearts? If we read James 1 verses 13 to 15, it says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So many times we blame other people for our sin, for falling into temptation, and sometimes we blame God. But this verse tells us that God is not responsible for our sin, although he may allow it. God is not tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But let's read um, verse 14 again, and it says, But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. So what do you desire? Are your desires good or evil? Verse 15, let's read it again, says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. We need to start desiring the right things. Tonight or even now, stop this podcast, go into a quiet room, shut the door, go on your knees and pray. And ask God to do a heart checkup. When was the last time your heart went for a checkup with God? Ask God to search your heart and begin to show you the things you cannot see. Because if we do not check our evil desires, they can give birth to sin. And we can fall into temptation like Eve, as she desired something evil. And I found this part of the verse very interesting, because it says, And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. How do you grow sin? If you think of a baby, you grow it by feeding it. And as he or she grows older, it is going to crave, want, and desire more food, which is normal, right? The amount of food that a two-year-old eats is different to the amount of food that um, an 18-year-old eats. You grow your sin by feeding it, doing it over and over again. But as you keep feeding it, you're always going to want more. And so can you see why it is so important that we check our desires before our desire gives birth to sin? And you may think that your evil desire or sin is so small and harmless and that it won't do anything. 
I was watching the sermon a while back and I want to give you the example that the pastor said. And he said, this is the example he gave. A doctor was doing an operation on this person who had this disease and he was dealing with his blood. And so the doctor didn't realize he had a small cut on his finger. You know the cuts you never knew you had and you find them when you sanitize your hands? Those ones. And so he started freaking out because there was a possibility that a small drop of that patient's blood went into his body through that cut, which meant that that doctor could have gotten his disease. And although the cut was so small and it probably was the tiniest drop of blood, it can cause so much destruction. Your sin, your desire might be so small, but the destruction it causes, the damage it does to your heart, it will cost you. Let's look at Eve. Her desire went unchecked. Her desire gave birth to sin. And once she's to sin, the consequences she had to pay for her unchecked sin, the consequences we pay, be sure your sin will find you out. So check your desires, my friend. Our last lesson we are going to discuss is not really a lesson from Eve, but rather a lesson we can learn from Adam. If you read some of verse 6 again, it says, So she took some of its fruit and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. The lesson we can learn from Adam is to not participate in other people's sins. Adam knew what God said. So instead of eating the fruit, he should have, you know, called Eve out and not eaten the fruit. Guys, do not participate in other people's sins. Just because people are disobeying God and sinning doesn't mean you have to join them. Their punishment is coming. The wrath of God is coming for the ungodly. And just as we mustn't participate in other people's sins, we also mustn't celebrate other people's sins either. We live in a day and age where people get praised or they're liked because of their sin. And as Galatians 5 verse 67 puts it, it says, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments. For God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not become their partners. Do not participate in other people's sins, guys. And do not be deceived into thinking that those who are disobedient to God now will just get away with it. No, the wrath of God is coming for the ungodly. But you who obey God in secret, you who listen to God's commands and do what he says, God will bless you and you will receive your reward from the Heavenly Father according to what he sees. So that wraps up another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learn to apply these lessons in your life. If you have any prayer requests, you can always email me at christiangirl.podcast at gmail.com. As always, I can't wait to have another Bible chat with all of you. 
but I do hope and pray that in the meantime, you are spending some quality time in the Word and with God yourself. Guys, remember and never forget, Jesus loves you. Stay blessed. Bye, guys.